welcome to the British English Practice podcast with me, your host, Aziz Lorena. This is a podcast for advanced learners. So if you're looking to improve your fluency and British English pronunciation, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a great place to help you practice real life British English vocabulary, expressions, all in everyday context. So you can look forward to learning how to decode and understand British news headlines, get some really helpful pronunciation tips and sharpen your listening skills. I hope you find it helpful. So let's get practicing. Welcome back to another episode of the British English Practice podcast. I took a little break over the summer, which actually ended up being longer than I expected, but it was very much needed and now I'm back. So glad to be here and really looking forward to bringing you more British English tips, tricks and everything else in between. This episode is all about the famous British politeness. I've been meaning to do a podcast episode on this for the longest time because I think it's one of the biggest identifiers of British people and probably one of the most difficult things to get used to or learn to spot, understand and process when you move to the UK or if you have to deal with British people relatively often. So what exactly do I mean by British politeness? Well, we all know that the Brits have a gift for being effortlessly polite or appearing to be polite, because there is a difference, in a way that other cultures just don't have it quite so naturally. Some people call it beating around the bush, skirting around the subject, avoiding conflict or even manipulation. And you might find that you like this style of speaking or you might hate it. For me, I like to see it as a tool in my British English toolkit. I don't have to use it, but it's there if I need it. And more importantly, once I know how to use it, I can understand it and I can recognize when I see or hear other people using it. Now, being polite is not just about showing the other person that you value and respect them. It can also be about changing or softening the way that you speak so you don't sound so forceful or too direct. And that is what I mean when I'm talking about British politeness. The other type, you know, when you're being polite to show respect, that's pretty straightforward in almost every culture. We all know how to say our please and thank yous. May I help you? Could I have some help here? So... We'll skip that and we'll go straight to the ways in which British people use politeness to make what they want to say less direct. And at the end, I'll also run through some things that can be seen as impolite by British people, um, which are actually quite normal behaviour or normal words to say in, all, in other cultures. So... It will be things to watch out if you're not trying to sound impolite. Okay, so the first thing to keep in mind is that as a general rule, British people try not to be too direct when they communicate with other people. And that is not to say that there aren't very direct British people. They're just not the majority. I know a fair few direct British people, but you can tell that that is not the general rule. 
And this was a huge thing for me to learn when I moved here to the UK from Brazil. Brazilians are naturally very direct people and that is not seen as impolite whatsoever. Um, in a way, I think Brazilians might actually be more offended sometimes if you're not direct with them. So just something to be mindful of if you come to the UK from a country where being totally upfront, direct and honest is normal for you. That might not be taken how you want it, how you want other people to take what you're saying. And so you might be asking, what are the ways in which British people use politeness as a way to soften what they're trying to say? I'm going to give you a few things that you can take away and use it in your day-to-day -day life. The first thing is called softening words or hedges. So here's an example. Let's say you're at work with lots of people in an office and you're feeling a little bit cold. You look around and you see that there's a couple of windows open. You could say, it's cold in here. Let's close the windows. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Well, British people might actually say something like this instead. It's kind of cold in here, isn't it? Could we close the window? Or... My personal favourite, and one that I say all the time at work, gosh, it's got so cold all of a sudden, hasn't it? Would you mind if I close the window? Is that okay? Can you see the difference? I used a lot more words than I needed. I asked for reassurance by saying, it's kind of cold, isn't it? Just to show that I'm also concerned about how other people feel. Are they cold too? They might not be. And I also asked if I could close the windows, even though I can if I want to. It's more of a rhetorical question than anything. It's not like people are going to say no, is it? <laughs> and in the second example, I went even further by saying, would you mind? And then following up with, is that okay? So it's a constant check-in that other people don't see you as being offensive or selfish. Now, let's imagine that someone asked you that question and you're actually feeling a bit hot and you don't want them to close the windows. Now, what would you say? How would you say that in a polite British way? Here's, here's my take on it. So, say my colleague says, would you mind if I close the windows? It's so cold. I could say, no. Don't close the windows. I'm hot. Well, that would definitely raise some eyebrows and people would immediately think, oh gosh, what's wrong with her today? <laughs> so what I probably would end up saying is, really? You're cold? I'm boiling here. Sorry, do you mind if you just leave a tiny little bit open? Is that okay? Thank you. Sorry about that. So again, using those softening words, those hedges, like, do you mind? Is it okay? Could you just, you know, when you're asking for something or when you're not really asking, but you don't want to sound like you're imposing, is very common in British English. You'll also see these hedges a lot when British people are giving criticism or feedback on your work or your performance. Um, it's very rare to hear a Brit say, you must improve your writing. You need to spend more time studying grammar unless they want to sound like that, unless they want to sound like they're giving you an order. 
But it's much more common for you to hear people say, you might find it helpful to spend some time on your grammar. You will find that you'll massively improve your writing if you do that. So again, those hedges, you might want to, or you could use a bit of, you know, spend a little more time. They kind of soften the blow of the message, um, which would be improve your writing, study more grammar. And so that is a classic example of using that British politeness to not sound too forceful, too direct, too aggressive. Okay, so we've covered hedges. Now let's move on to vague language. Brits use vague language to make things sound less specific and more approximate. So this usually happens with time or quantity or just in general with commitments. I've got to say in my experience, when Brits commit to a specific time, they expect you to be there at that time. And I think that's where the British punctuality comes from. Everyone knows about, you know, British people tend to be quite punctual. They tend to be at places at the right time. And I think that's where it comes from. We're so used to not actually committing fully to a time or a date for most things here in the UK, that when we do say 9.05, we mean 9.05. Because Brits aren't direct very often. And when they are, they really mean it. So let me give you an example of this vague language. My husband asked me what time I was coming home so he could get the kids ready for us to go out. And this is how the conversation went. I said, what time works for you? And he said, any time around four would be great. And then I said, do you mean closer to four or closer to five? Because any time around four is a whole hour or two hours, really. And he said, about 4.15ish. So I was there at 4.15 and he wasn't ready. And I should know better by now because... If he had said, we'll be ready at 4.15, then they would actually have been ready. But I didn't read the signs and there were plenty of signs. Did you spot them? The first one was, any time around 4. The second one was, about 4.15-ish. When Brits say ish at the end of something, they mean approximately. And that combined with about... He did really not mean 4.15 at all on the dot. He meant around that time and he did not want to commit to a specific time. <laughs> now we're going to quickly cover something called modal expressions. And I'll start with the example before the explanation because it's easier to show you what I mean. Let's say you want to speak to someone, but they're busy or they're talking to someone else at the time. You could say... Can I speak to you? That's okay. But you're much more likely to hear in British English something like this. Could I possibly steal you for a moment? Or even, could I borrow you for just a sec? So in these examples, we're using the past tense of modal verbs like can, may, shall and will 
to sound a bit more polite. So instead of, can I speak to you? I said, could I? I also threw in a modal adverb to make this even more polite. Could I possibly? Could I possibly steal you for a moment? If you remember, we used modal verbs at the start in our example about closing the windows at the office. Would you mind if I close the window? The use of the word would here is a modal verb. And whilst we're on the subject of using the past tense instead of using present tense, this is another way that British people make themselves sound more polite. I'm going to give you an example of using verbs in the past tense to refer to the present just because it sounds less bossy and a bit more polite. Let's pretend that you're standing outside your front door with your partner and they ask you, where's the house key? If you were being straightforward and direct, you'd say, I don't know. I hope you have it. But if you're in a conversation with a Brit, there is a very high chance they might say something like this. Ooh, I don't know. I was hoping you had it. Did you see what happened there? I said, I was hoping you had it. But I'm actually hoping right now, in the present. So the past tense is just used here to add a softness to the answer. I've, I even used the past continuous of hope. I was hoping for extra politeness. I'll give you another example, which is very, very commonly used by Brits when you want to ask someone for help. Let's say there's something wrong with your computer and you walk over to your IT support department at work and you say, I'm having issues with my computer and I was just wondering if someone would be able to help me fix it. So I used... I was just wondering instead of, I wonder if. I can't quite explain why I was just wondering sounds more polite, but it definitely does. And this is one of the most common types of British politeness that you'll hear out there. Just to help illustrate this for you, here are a few more examples that you might hear Brit British people saying. Did you want another coffee? Instead of, do you want another coffee? And then there's also, I thought you might like some help instead of, I think you might like some help. Um, the other one is, we were rather hoping that you were going to stay with us instead of, we are hoping that you were going to stay with us. We were rather hoping. <laughs> And there's another one. What was the name, please? Picture you're in a sort of reception area in a hotel and the person says, what was the name, please? Instead of, oh, what is the name, please? It just sounds that little bit more polite. And the last one I had was, did you need any help, madam? Again, you're at a hotel or something or a restaurant and someone says, did you need any help? They don't mean, did you need it in the past? They actually mean, do you need any help? But it just sounds that little bit more polite. And in all these examples, everything you mean to say is in the present. So the past tense is just used to make it more courteous. There is nothing grammatical about using the past tense here. It's just the Britness, Britness? <laughs> British politeness. I actually merged the two words in one there. The Britness. <laughs> 
Right, okay, let's move on to the next section and that is using the word if to make everything sound more polite. So if you use the word if followed by will, would, can or could, that makes you sound even more polite. For example, say you're in a meeting at work and you want to say something before the end of the meeting, but everyone is kind of distracted and, you know, you, you can't quite find the opportunity to speak. Instead of saying something like, listen to me, I want to say something, which is very direct, you could say, if I could just say one more thing. See how much nicer that sounded? And it, it kind of just gives you an opportunity to get people to pay attention to you. So you're not commanding people to listen to you. You're just asking for a bit of attention and then you can say what you need to say. If I could just say one more thing. And then the floor is yours. So we also use the expression, if you don't mind, or if it's okay with you, in similar situations to that one. For example, someone asks if, asks if you want a cup of tea, instead of saying, yes, you could say, if you don't mind. And they will completely understand and appreciate your politeness even. There's nothing wrong with saying yes. No one would go, well, that's rude. <laughs> it's perfectly normal. But if you want to sound more polite, if you say, if you don't mind, I think that adds an extra layer of comfort to the conversation. I often use the expression, if it's helpful, at the end of a sentence, um, when I'm trying to maybe intrude and offering my help to do something when no one's asked for my help. So I might say something like, I could send you my template for that presentation if it's helpful. I'm not actually only going to send if it's helpful. I'm saying, hey, you didn't ask for my template, but here it is. So when I say if it's helpful at the end, it's kind of sorry to intrude. And the final thing that I'm going to cover in this episode today might sound a bit ridiculous, but it does really make a difference and it makes you sound more polite. And that is using a person's name. Now, this might be universal and every language and culture might do this to sound more polite. Although from my personal experience, I don't find this as often in Portuguese as I do in English. If I were to say to someone, hmm, I'm not sure I agree with you. This to me sounds fine in Portuguese, but in English, I feel like there's something missing. I probably would have said, hmm, I'm not sure I agree with you, John. That immediately makes me feel more comfortable. Not only does it take away any confusion as to who I'm disagreeing with, but it also adds a touch of softness to it. Not sure I agree with you there, Beth, rather than not sure I agree with you there. It just feels like something's missing. Okay, so for the final section of this podcast, we're going to cover a little bit of impoliteness or what would sound impolite um, for British people. And I'm going to give you a few examples that you may not even know that sounds impolite in British English and to British people. As I said at the very start, being direct can be seen as impolite and it might take people aback a little bit. If you're not after that shock effect, 
I would suggest you try using some of the tips I shared in this episode, like hedges and softening words and using the if clauses or using someone's name at the end to soften. And that will make your words land a little bit softer. Another thing that can come across as a bit rude is using the imperative like tell me the time or give me a coffee, please. Although this might be totally acceptable in your native language, even if you follow it with a please and a thank you, in British English, this is probably going to come across as impolite. It's, I, I would recommend saying something like, could I have a coffee, please? Or would you mind telling me the time, please? And something else that I had to get used to very, very early on when I moved here was using people's last names when followed by their title. If you're talking to Mr. John Smith, you either say, hi, John, or hi, Mr. Smith. Never, hi, Mr. John. Okay, that is a big no-no. Title plus surname, not title plus first name. And again, that is something that is common in Brazil. People say, hi, Mr. John, but not here. Hi, Mr. Smith or hi, John. And you'll also find this with teachers. If you have children that go to school in the UK, the teachers are Miss, Ms, Mrs or Mr and their last name. Unless you're close friends with the, your child's teacher outside of school, you don't say, hi, Rachel. You say, hi, Mrs. Crawley. Hello, Mr. Jones. Good morning, Miss Baker. So that is the end. I told you I was back and this was a beast of an episode, wasn't it? Hopefully you found it helpful and learned a thing or two. And because you guys told me that you enjoy my little recaps after the episodes, here is what we covered on this episode about British politeness. First, we explored the use of hedges or softening words like kind of and could to make what you're trying to say more polite. For example, saying, it's kind of cold here, isn't it? Could we close the window? Next, we talked about using vague language to sound less bossy and direct. For example, saying, any time around four would be great. Moving on to modal expressions, we looked at saying, could I possibly steal you for a moment instead of, can I speak to you? And using could and possibly here to add that extra layer of politeness. We also talked about using the past tense to sound less bossy. For example, I was hoping you had it is a softer way of saying, I hope you have it. We looked at how if can make you sound more polite, saying, if I could just say one more thing in a meeting sounds much more considerate than simply saying, I want to say something. We also talked about the power of using names, addressing someone by their name, like, I'm not sure I agree with you, John, adds a touch of warmth and clarity to a conversation. And finally, we discussed impolite language and behaviours to avoid in British English. For example, using the imperative like, tell me the time, might be seen as impolite. Instead, you could say, would you mind telling me the time, please? And remember, it's Mr. Smith or John, not Mr. John in Britain. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. 
I hope you guys found this useful and don't forget if you enjoyed it, rate and leave a review so that it helps other people discover the show and you can also find me on Instagram at British English Practice. If you'd like to request a topic for one of these podcast episodes, drop me an email at BritishingPractice, that's British E-N-G practice at gmail.com. Thanks guys, I'll see you next time. Bye!